experience hopping your TARDISes. You're listening to another episode of Doctor... Huh? Huh? Hey, why was it called Hide when they were seeking a ghost? Damn. Really makes you think. Wow. 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 I'm your claymation... I'm your claymation creature, Jordan. Uh, I'm Sam, the hider in the house. And I'm and Gabby. Guess, the, oh, oh, fine. Oh, I was gonna. I was gonna say. Abort! Abort! Start the episode over. Just kidding. We got a we got a guest with us this week. Hi, I'm Gabby. I'm the only person you esteem. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on, Jordan. I really appreciate it. Me specifically? Not you, Sam. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just think At last. I'm so yeah. glad I finally get my due credit. Yeah, and, I, I, and once again, just it must be really a real pleasure of you to have uh, Ironicus on your on the show for a second time as well. We uh, this week we're talking. I'm trying, I'm trying to process. Damn it, I'm trying to like, yeah, I'm trying to like put flat. that put that. I'm trying to put that through my brain. I'm trying to really figure out what you what the what the joke was. There. I'm putting a I'm putting a crystal on top of my head and amplifying my. <laughs> this week we're talking about series seven. Episode 9, Hide, written by Neil Cross, directed by Jamie Payne. So this episode makes you cross and it makes you feel pain. Um, yeah, I hated it. Um, yeah, well, terrible, uh, terrible episode. Uh, worst episode I've ever seen in my life. So, I mean, Gabby, so, could so, you tell us a little bit about your Doctor Who experience? You're you're always in the Discord server uh, being demonstrating knowledge and then Demon- being <laughs> insulted. <laughs> Being confused with Ironicus, which was the joke I was trying to make earlier, but never mind. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the last time that Jordan it, slighted yeah. you. That's yeah, that was the la- that was the last time Jordan slighted me. Yeah, but yeah, no, I my experience with Doctor Who is that I am British. I was born in 1990. So I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm escaped. I'm, I'm better now. I'm 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 doing a lot better. I've got reformed I've had, I've had Doctor Who expert. <laughs> like I say, not reformed Doctor Who expert, but ambient consumer of Doctor Who. As because I was a nerd at, mm-hmm. in Britain, and I was fifteen in two thousand five. So really, just sort of right in the target demographic yeah. for the reboot. And yeah, it's it's something that I got deeply obsessed with for a long time and then got less and less obsessed with and then eventually stopped watching it completely because of the enemy <laughs> Stephen Moffat so and how f- how much have you seen up to this point I stopped watching somewhere in the Matt Smith run and I'm okay. gonna be honest having starting uh, having this watching this episode I made a mistake it's a good I episode. Fucking, it's a pretty and good I episode. I fucking love this weird little freaky guy. He's, what is he doing? Good. Sometimes, sometimes he's good, and then sometimes he makes me hate watching Doctor Who. I was surprised. We are. This is an episode, just a, a few short episodes after the Snowmen. I didn't expect this to be good. Matt Smith and Clara. Yeah, they were pretty good in this one. I think the reason why. They were good is because he wasn't like what, he wasn't like simultaneously her dad and also trying to kiss her at the same time. <laughs> that was <laughs> that, that was kind of an improvement. Uh, maybe maybe they took a pass at the script. Maybe someone said, "I have some notes, Stephen. Let's try to not make her 
Uh, let's not try to let's try to not make Matt Smith her dad, and also that he wants to kiss her at the same time. I mean, they kind of were as well doing that, and I do have some issues with the script specifically. But I think the way that Matt Smith and what's her name is Jenna Coleman is or? Jenna Coleman, yeah. The way, the way, the way that they played off each other, I really liked this episode. And I was not, like I say, I had never experienced Clara other than vicariously through this podcast. And I was expecting to be, well, like I say, this is right at the start of what you've termed the annoying era, the annoying Clara <laughs> era, but she's great. I love her. She, she's fantastic. I will say, <laughs> and, and, uh, Clara's is, is, uh, not my favorite companion. Um, she's all right, but uh, she did make maybe the worst possible impression uh, when we, we watched the snowman. Uh, I've always said that our podcast is um, the best, best possible, possible way. To, the best yeah. possible way to consume Doctor Who, as proof proven that God several is times by this episode. <laughs> proof that Stephen. <laughs> proof that Stephen Moffat has a time machine and has it out specifically for the two of you personally. Proof that Stephen Moffat is real. But yeah, I think we we really did not. <sighs> It's weird because we met Clara in a Capaldi Capaldi episode, and your favorite. We episode. thought that we understood her, and then the vibe that we got from her in the Snowmen felt like it confirmed our understanding of her. And yeah, it's. I really do think that it's mostly just those first couple episodes that she's in, and other than that, we just kind of didn't really get a good read on her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have. Yeah, she's good in this one. I have some thoughts as well about why she might have rub- rubbed you up the wrong way and rubbed some of the audience up the wrong way as well, because we'll get into that when it becomes relevant. But I've got some thoughts on it, and I think it's really interesting, and I honestly think it's it works really well for me. But yeah, we can, we can get get into that later. So the episode... Let's get into it. Previously, Cold War. Okay. They were uh, the doctor saluting and clapping for a nice warrior and saying thank you for this. <laughs> as we all <laughs> I forgot do. about that. As we all thank uh, the Ice Warriors for their service. We begin this episode with uh, our two our two secondary characters, um, who's uh, Emma and uh, what was the other guy's name? I Dr. forgot. Doctor Palmer. Doctor Palmer. Professor we, Palmer. Professor. Alex do we get Palmer. a first? Do we get a first name? Uh, it's Alec uh, Palmer. Oh, his name is Palmer. Yeah. And uh, they're doing ghostly. They're doing like ghost, uh, ghost. What's it called? Ghost adventures. Ghost hunting. They're doing ghost adventures. An episode of ghost adventures in this big spooky mansion. Uh, they've got like they've got like little readers and dials, and there's like a polygraph type machine that I was expecting to draw Weeping Angel, but it didn't. And I was a little <laughs> disappointed about that. Sometimes those things actually do different stuff. Also, uh, we find out we are in the Calibern house, and it is November 25th, 1974, so where are we, and when are we? Yes, that is, this is the fastest where we are and when we are of all time. It's like, literally, the mm. episode begins with him being like, Calibern house, November 25th, 1974, 11.04pm. Oh, thank you. Once again, Stephen Moffat has a time machine and is specifically fucking with the two of you. <laughs> As we he didn't write to. this episode, but he did run this episode. He was so in maybe charge. he sort of he yeah. sort of put put some ideas in the script. He said, "I need you to put this in here." Yeah, um, any anything that uh, we had any thoughts about that was him. So, uh, so the the lady Emma starts talking. She's she's we learn later she's an empath, the most powerful, <laughs> the most powerful kind of person. Mm. Um, yeah, that we could just draw a line under that right now and say that to me is the. 
worst thing about this episode. <laughs> empaths are superpowers. And if you're an empath, it's just you... silly. And also, the empath thing, like, you know, just obviously, cool yes, there are people. Who, there are people who are better at, like, reading other people and, like, picking up on emotional stuff than other people. Sure, of course. This is. <laughs> this does, this episode, they don't even really seem to know what they think an empath is, because there's a part where she says that being an empath means that she has a hard time reading other people's emotions. And at that point, I'm like, well, then what do you think an empath is? <laughs> this yeah, is it's... like, uh, this episode was written by, like, an introvert, and they're like, how did they do it? <laughs> how do they do it? Um, so she starts talking to a ghost. She's like, sorry that you died. That sucks. Um, God, and then... So true. I have to say... <laughs> This this scene, I really like this scene, but there's a lot of stuff about it that, given what we learn later, doesn't really make sense to me. Mm. Yeah, I uh, my my major criticism of this episode that we'll get to later is that I feel like the the like resolution of the conflict just doesn't like work for the establishing tone of the episode. And there's one other thing I'll talk about later that like drove me absolutely crazy, but we'll mm. we'll get there later. Um so as they start talking to the ghost, all the equipment starts going crazy and it's drawing weeping angels and it's drawing Sontarans and it's drawing all the iconic Doctor Who enemies. And then uh and it draws Stephen Moffat. And then uh <laughs> Palmer takes like a takes a like a photo with his old timey photo camera. And there's a spooky ghost. You can see a ghost. Ah! Oh my god! And then, and then someone knocks four times. Wait, that was the last time. We, that was it. someone starts knocking on the door. It's very scary. And then it's it's the funny doctor and Clara. Do you think that the doctor, even even after he became the eleventh doctor, do you think that he always like makes sure not to knock, to knock four for, times? Yes, he's always <laughs> careful about it. Because what if what if it you know it's silly, but like. What if he knocks on a door and he does knock four times and then he just keels over dead? He knocks four times and the Time Lords come back and the Master comes back and it all starts up again. And they have pork chops for dinner. I also think it's funny, yeah, we were talking about empaths and, and how empath is superpower in this episode. Uh, but psychic people, psychic people exist in Doctor Who. Like, there are psychic people. We know one because she said that the master was going to kill him when he knocks on a door or whatever. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. I don't understand why it wasn't like Emma is a powerful psychic and an empath. Yeah. She has psychic powers. I guess because I, I don't want to spoil the twist of the episode this early, but like, I guess because in the end, that's not really what's going on. Although there is something going on. Well, I don't know. Never mind. I don't know. I don't know. This mm-hmm. episode sucked. So, uh, yeah. the Doctor and Clara introduced themselves as Ghostbusters. It's I was a reference expecting, to that movie with podcast. I was expecting for that to joke to go on for so much longer, and it was so tastefully ended there. <laughs> I thought they were going to sing the song. I mean... I thought they were going to, like, do this. This, this Ghostbusters reference is about 5% as long as the one in Army of Ghosts. Yeah, I was so. going to say, uh, they do that in Army of Ghosts, and that's why I think I was was kind of on edge for it. Um, and then the doctor. Though, I like I like uh-huh. the job that they do, like setting the atmosphere, and it is it mm-hmm. is very spooky. We don't know what's going on yet, but they're in this house. They're trying to find ah. this ghost, this lady ah. who seems to have some sort of psychic connection. Ah. They're they're like taking pictures of it and stuff. And then there's mm-hmm. a knock on the door, and it's it's the it's, doctor and Clara. It's the annoying, and like, man. annoying, annoying, silly people time. But we're here. They're, they're, we're here they're deliberately be being scared. annoying. They're, they're deliberately being annoying and weird, and I love it because yeah, they're all like they, they start looking around, touching. The they start looking around, touching all the 
the equipment and the doctor's like, oh, very cool, uh, uh, EMS 5000. Um, and then he, you know what it reminds me of? This is a wild poll, I feel like, Uh but it's true. It reminds me of Luigi's Mansion because it's like, it's silly and the silliness breaks the tension, but there's a limit to how much it can break the tension because you are still in a house full of ghosts. Um, yeah, I mean, Luigi's Mansion when I was a child was the scariest thing that I had ever experienced. So yeah, I don't this know. is now the scariest thing that I've ever yeah, this experienced. Is, this is way scarier than Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> uh, the doctor goes it's up so to... It's so terrifying, I refuse to have play it. He goes to, up to Professor Palmer, and he, like, knows all of his, his credentials. He says he's a member of the Baker Street Irregulars, which I... Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that the Baker Street Irregulars was, like the the like the children that Sherlock Holmes would enlist in helping and solve mysteries is Sherlock okay, Holmes co- real in in Doctor okay. Who? What if I correct you if you're right though? Am I right? <laughs> you are right. However, it is it is also the name that was given to the uh, special operations executive. Okay, which okay. was which was basically just basically the precursor to like secret the uh, secret intelligence service and like I see. Doing, doing, doing cool spy shit behind enemy lines in World War Two. So they called which... that. They they called that. They named that after the the little band of rascals that helps Sherlock Holmes. Sometimes <laughs> that's like how the OSS used to be called the Little Rascals. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, their office was in Baker Street. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. And then he's enough. like, he's like, you're an S, you're a spy, you're a super spy, crack spy, killed so many, killed one million people during the war. Just, um, just throwing people into the wood chipper. Just putting people into that wood chipper, <laughs> pushing them into the volcano. Bring them in, boys. Uh, highest kill count of any British soldier during the war, he says. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you're a ghost hunter and an artist. And he's like, oh, how do you know who I am? This is this is spooky. Uh, he never shows the psychic paper, but I, yeah, he does. I feel like he showed That's, it off screen. <laughs> no, he literally shows the psychic paper when he's in the door. Oh, he did? Yeah, he literally, it's literally oh, okay. the first I must thing have a picture he of, It's got a picture oh. of dick butt on it. <laughs> never mind. I must have gotten dizzy from the Ghostbusters reference. Oh, and when I Emma like, hears, oh, I understand it. Ah! When Emma hears the, uh, that Palmer was, like, throwing people into the volcano, uh, he's like, no, no, you're a oh, POW. And the doctor's like, ha. You really believe that? And this brings yeah, me something I, like... I really loved about Matt Smith in this, is that he is playing this in such a weird sort of pally way. Like, get, mm-hmm. like getting, getting really up close and just acting like he's this person's best friend. And it's clearly, they're clearly both really uncomfortable with this. And, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> he's such a weird little freak. I love it. There's such a funny experience about watching Doctor Who, which is like, the character never really changes from episode to episode, but the words that the character says and the things the character does do. So, like, Matt Smith can can be uh, good as a doctor, or he can be incredibly annoying as the doctor, and it just depends on the words that they make him say. But well, when he's, I think this like, is... This is also something we've talked about before, is that a big part of it is in how the other characters react to mm-hmm. him. Because in some episodes, he's being Daffy Duck, and they're like, and that's the bravest man I ever knew, and I had the pleasure and the Saluting, honor. Saluting, applauding, and crying simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> and jerking off at the same yeah. time. With Whereas hand. when when he's being obnoxious like this, and everyone's just like kind of uncomfortable about it, I think that's when it works. Because, and this is something that we like about the 12th Doctor, it 
makes him feel like intentionally like off and like inhuman in a way that there's, works really there's well. There's definitely is a, a a thing in a cool thing in this episode about the doctor's just like general lack of empathy due to his age and his alienness. Uh, mm-hmm. Where he 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 encounters things that makes people upset that he doesn't understand why it would make someone upset. Yeah, and that's that's a thing with the eleventh Doctor that I feel like sometimes they kind of forget about is that he's being performatively zany. And right? that that that's also about kind to of say, a freak. That I was about to say really came across in this sort of first interaction is that he is. Very, he's clearly very enthusiastic about all the stuff, but he's trying. He's also very clearly the way Matt Smith plays it is he is trying to seem even more enthusiastic than he actually is, and he's trying yeah. to. He is trying to come across as the as a weird freak as well, and and it's I working. Think, and I think that's really interesting as well. And once again, I think I think this plays into a very important part of where this fits in the Doctor's timeline as well. And this won't be spoilers because this is stuff that you've covered already. But we can get get into that a bit later, or we can go into it now if you prefer. Well, he's sure. he says he he does say in the scene, "I'm so glad that I haven't been sitting in a room for ten billion years or whatever." <laughs> yeah, I, I was pretty I surprised. Do. Pretty, I mm. hope I never get stuck in a box for ten billion years. Mm. But yeah, what what were you gonna say? Uh, basically, that I think, and I think this really comes. No, I'll go into this later because there's a scene in particular where where I'll bring this up. But okay, I, okay, but, that's yeah. fine. So the uh, doctor also meets Emma, and he says, "Wow, you're an empath. That's so cool." Yeah, um, and he also jerks off the computer. He well, he does a whole like comedy routine about toggle, and he loves a toggle, and a toggle is his favorite verb and noun. It's there you go. And did then you he get, starts did you get his... what he called? Did you did you did you get what he called Emma? By the way, specifically. Hmm. Oh, I mm, I thought I he called her. I thought he called her an empathic. He called. He referred to her as equipment. <laughs> oh, very oh cool. I didn't catch that. <laughs> that um. The doctor referring to a woman as equipment does segue me into another thing about this episode, which is that it fails the Bechdel test aggressively hard. <laughs> it really it does. Like, it really trips and falls into the volcano in that front, um, mm. which we'll get to later. Okay, so... Because no, um, the way he refers to her as equipment, he's basically saying that it's not weird for this young lady to be alone with this man, is that because she's his equipment. And weird note. Fucking weird. But... Doctor, that's weird. Yeah. Um, it so, was the 70s. Yeah, women, yeah, it was different back then. I, uh, a citation needed. Mm. Uh, <laughs> also, I think it is kind of unfair to to put this episode, you know, up against the Bechdel test, because the Bechdel test, of course, is, are there two women who talk for one minute about something other than a crooked man? And this episode is <laughs> very much about a crooked man. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, it was like it never had a chance. <laughs> that was this, I can't wait to talk about the Doctor Who monster in this, of the week in this one, because it's just like what, it was like they wrote an episode and then they were like, we forgot, we gotta put, <laughs> we are contractually obligated to put a scary monster in it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Some kind of crooked man? Okay, so uh, the Doctor is basically hijacking this, like, ghost investigation, um... And running around the house, and we also find out that the, the the big mansion is, like, Palmer owns it, like, it's his house now. Yeah, this was the part where I was wondering if we, like, missed a mini-episode prequel that they love to do, because Clara was like, you bought the house that blah blah blah, and I was like, does she know about this? I, I don't think that there was one, I think. He just, was, he, was, the doctor yeah. just briefed her on their way. I, I it did so. seem like they showed up with a purpose, so they, they like, knew what they were getting into when they came here. Yeah, which somehow. doesn't usually happen. 
I feel like there's a deleted scene of them, like, on the TARDIS looking at a newspaper and Clara being like, I want to go see a real haunted house or something like that. I mean, That's the shit Bill would do. I mean, it it, it is revealed at the end. They do have... That the doctor at least did have a very specific purpose in coming here. I I have a oh I have that's a, true that is true. Oh yeah, I have a headcanon which is every episode of the Doctor and uh, Matt Smith's run uh, of sorry Clara and Matt Smith's run it begins with an off-screen conversation where Clara asks to go see Robin Hood and he says that Robin Hood isn't real <laughs> and she asks him this every single week until until he dies of old age. Maybe this one will take me to see Robin Hood. <laughs> then, yeah, then he's like, she's like, okay, this is finally my chance. Will you take me to go see Robin Hood? He's like, he's like, and then I do my perfect Peter Capaldi impression. Are you ready? He's like, yes, I will take you to see Robin Hood. Fine. I'll take you to see Robin Hood. All right. He's right here. <laughs> I really had so much confidence in that. I was like, ah, oh, I could hear it so perfectly in my head. Let me go. Here it goes. And, and then, then you just, just opened your mouth and it, and Capaldi and came then out. And it did happen. But Capaldi came out perfectly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I was right. A perfect job. Okay, so, uh, yeah, this is where uh, Emma explains that she's an empathic psychic. Uh, meanwhile, the the doctor is like, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe what's happening here. They're, like, talking about Emma's powers while the doctor is, like, drinking milk at them. <laughs> milky boy. He is drinking milk at them. He's a nasty little milky boy. He's, like, drinking a bottle of milk and, like, leaning in, like, to physically insert he's himself making sure, between them. He's making sure that they can get the folly of the milk drinking. Ladies, I'm drinking milk. <laughs> and then the you doctor, don't want to miss this. The doctor says that empathics are the most compassionate and lonely people you'll ever meet. Wow. Remind you of anyone? <laughs> yeah. Also, this this was the point where when, when I noticed in the background of so many scenes, there's this there's this bearded dude in like some sort of some sort of weird sort of turban headdress, and I couldn't stop looking at him because it was just it, this is like a painting on the wall. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I I was convinced it was, I was convinced it was going to be something to do with the rest of the episode. But no, it wasn't. It was just just a weird the, painting of was, a bearded. See, actually, you don't know that we haven't really explored this. And Sam, I'm sorry for spoiling this, but we haven't gotten to the storyline of the bearded man. Um, keeps showing <laughs> I was up thinking in the other day about how <laughs> in I think our second episode we saw that lady with the eye patch and that's never come <laughs> up again. It came up again in a previously on that doesn't I, count. It, doesn't but count. we we got a resolution of it. Mm, define, kind of. Okay. define resolution, please, Jordan. We know that <laughs> we they, saw it. We saw it. And we know we... that it wasn't a hallucination. <laughs> So, uh, Palmer kind of briefs them about Caliburn House and says, uh, this house has been here for 400 years, but the Caliburn Ghast, as they call it, or Caliburn Ghost, as I'll call it, uh, has been around much longer than the house itself. Like, it, it's in folk tales going back hundreds and thousands of years. Uh, and people say that, uh, whenever you see it, there's like a noise, like a knocking noise, and Four the doctor times. immediately starts crying and runs away. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Clara notices that in all of the photos that they have of the ghost, she's always in the exact same pose in every picture. That's what mm-hmm. Clara says. That is not true. I'm so that glad you true. also noticed this. Yeah. Also, she has a weird freaky monster face. The freaky mouth is yeah. not is is scary, and I didn't like it. Um, I don't know why they said. I mean, that ties in with something that will be explained later. I don't yeah. know why that's not representative of what we actually see in the pictures. Um, yeah. Oh, well. Um, also, Emma says the ghost is saying, help me, help me, I'm scared. I don't like And it. then a shadow crosses in front Whoa! of the camera. Whoa! We also find out that the ghost is called the Witch of the Well. 
Uh, but Which, no... when that is explained later, makes mm-hmm. no you say sense. Expl- you nope. say explained. Someone but says, it's more oh, like, that's what, oh, that's, that's the well. Why. Someone that's just point, well. points at something that is very obviously not a well and say, oh, that's the well. Yeah, and, and it, also, yeah, because they're like, but there's no well on the property. And yeah, when we find out what the well is, it's like, there's no goddamn way in hell that somebody <laughs> called it that. Uh, well, and then the doctor someone says, Someone in like the go. 13th century is like, wow, look at that big spinning gray disc. It's just like a well. <laughs> and then they're like, Clara, do you want to go look for the ghost? She says, no. And then, and then he says, I double dog dare you. And she says, hmm? No takesy, no takesy backsies. No, she she asks she asks him to dare her. Oh, do you dare? Yeah, dare me too. This is a this is early foreshadowing of them uh, putting each other into dangerous situations. This is hybrid type oh, behavior. No, um, honest, and then they and go, honestly, they, like given given what I've given what I've heard about this character through this show, I think that worked that worked really nicely. It fit, it fit in like it's establishing the character trait which will develop throughout the series that she. She and the Doctor egg each other on. I really want to. I really yeah, want to. I, I, I like that for her here. I like that she's like. There's a part of me that wants to look for the ghost, but I'm also really scared. But mm. if he like urges me to, then I'm like, oh, I guess I have no choice. And somehow this will destroy the entire universe as we know it, <laughs> right? Um, so then, uh, at some point, like, I think Emma says, like, the music, in my memory of this episode that I watched, uh, this morning, actually, early this morning, I, I have a memory of Emma being like, the music room, it's the heart of the house. That's because that's how it was said. No, that's because Emma goes, the music room, it's the heart of the house. Oh, she does say that. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, she does say that. She does say that. And it's very important. That does explain why you remembered that. Yeah. Yeah. Why did she do that? Because she's good question. Haunted. Great question. Yeah. Great question. We'll get it's atmosphere. I'm sure there's, there's, there's yeah. got to be a, there's so, got to be an answer. Sometimes, to that, right? sometimes Emma like forgets that she's not a ghost. I think <laughs> so. They go to the so they're gonna go to the music room, which is the heart of the house. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. And then the music uh, room, one of the most fun rooms in Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> Here's a line that confused me. Uh-huh. Uh, so they're gonna like talk to the ghost and find out if it's a ghost or not. The doctor is still the the doctor seems like the jury is out on whether or not ghosts exist in Doctor Who. Um, and then uh, he's like, "We'll just ask uh, what her deal is." Um, and then who says ignorance is the opposite of bliss? Oh yeah, hey, uh, what does this mean? <laughs> explain. Uh, we got two Americans here. Can you explain this to us? Why is bliss? Why is Carlisle the opposite of bliss? What does that mean? I think they're just being shitty about about a is small it? regional town. Oh. That was... I, I was trying to look into it, and it seems like no one is really 100% sure what this joke meant, but that does seem to be the consensus, is that yeah. it's Clara just shitting on the town of Carlisle. Is it possibly yeah. a dig at um, Edward's vampire dad from Twilight? Yes. Okay, Ooh, confirmed. Yeah, Carlisle sucks. I can totally imagine like a Moffat era, like a joke about the Doctor being Team Edward. I can, I can feel, I can rotate it in my that's, mind, and it feels I don't real. Know. That's a weird thing because that's a ridiculous thing for me to be like. We need to be on Twilight Watch, but I kind of think we should be on Twilight Watch to see if it ever is referenced. This no, is like how um, because Moffat would have such contempt for those people, and he wouldn't. And the yeah, doc- and the Doctor and the Doctor is Moffat's special boy, so there would be it would be a minor character. Yeah, but he also like loves to 
like own and troll his own fans and like make fun of them and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, like, I'm, this is like how uh, this is like how once Matt Smith regenerated, we've we've gotten a couple lines of like indication of off-screen bisexuality, yeah. uh, where he's like, I had a I had a fling with a sexy android man one time, and then he just like then it's just like okay, I um, fucked a fish, but you'll never see it or hear about it. I'm just going to yeah. say it so people can like give me cred on the internet. So if I made the doctor say like Team Edward, people would be like, haha, epic sir. And then I would be like, I fucking hate these people. I fucking hate my fans. I hate them so much. Um, they see a scary ghost type uh, shadow. Oh, no. Ah. And then we're back with Palmer and Emma. And um, Palmer and Emma are basically practically licking and moaning each other with how much sexual <laughs> tension there is between the two of them. It's, it's, it's weird, right? I'm not, I'm not making that up, right? It's a well, lot. It's I'm sure a lot. that I'm sure that Emma and Claire will have a really uh, a really smart and thoughtful conversation about this later. Because the thing that he says, she's like, "Do you think the doctor is really from the ministry, Doc, uh, Professor Palmer?" And he's like, "Well, I can't say for sure, but he's brilliant and a liar. But experience makes liars of us all." This is this is and where she I says, had to keep. Does to experience keep... make us lie about how we feel, Professor Palmer? And she reaches for his hand, and he's like, "I have to go to the bathroom." <laughs> so this scene, this scene made me have to go check to make sure that Stephen Moffat didn't write. This isn't a joke. I was like, "Did Stephen write this one?" Because here's the reasons why. Number one, it's weird about women. Number two, uh, a character says the doctor is brilliant and a liar, and experiences big Did- liars of us all. And number three, it's a little bit spooky, and we know Stephen likes that. But I it, don't if, remember it, really getting a feeling that this episode was weird about women. Uh, I think it's, it's more I- like. I think it's weird about relationships. Is, no, is, no. Let me let me rephrase that. It's not that the episode is weird about women. It's that there are various lines that are weird about women, um, which is like Stevens, Stevens like mo. <laughs> I mean, so I was just like get. I was getting. I was no, getting. Emma. Steve, her name is Emma. I was getting Stephen Lee vibes from this this moment. I mean, once again, um, the do- <laughs> one of the doctor's first lines uh, is to call Emma equipment. So yeah. Yeah, you're getting Stephen Lee vibes. Your uh, lie detector machine is drawing a picture of Stephen Moffat. I'm just like looking at an internet capture that says Stephen Lee vibes, and I'm just like, that Stephen Lee vibes. <laughs> you're you're bookmarking Stephen Lee vibes on TikTok. <laughs> um, I go on YouTube.com and it says, "Do you want to watch a video with Stephen Lee vibes, or do you want to watch a video with uh, red or Chibnally blue vibes?" vibes. <laughs> Chibnally vibes. <laughs> Um, so they reach the music room, which, as we all know, is everybody say it the, the heart of the best in Luigi's mansion. Um, and Clara's like, "There's no ghost in here. I, I ain't afraid of no ghost." She says, "There's a ghost in here." Wow, wow, wow! You continued the Ghostbusters reference. Da na 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 na. And then, like, nice. all the ghostly type apparitions start happening. It's there's a cold spot. There's a part where a ghost is in the room, like, yelling at them. <laughs> that's no, there, that's there a is classic a, tell. Yeah. There is a cold spot on the floor, and the Doctor makes sure that he, he, he steps into it, and he draws a circle around it. So it's a very specific point in the house where there is this cold spot. And that's important, and we'll come back to that later. And I thought that it was going to be, like, because that's where the ghost is, but it's also, but it's not. It's where the ghost is going to be, because it, like, goes through the line or later, but... Uh, also the equipment starts, like, freaking out and drawing Weeping Angels again. Um, and, uh, it's going so fast that the chalk is, like, on fire. I will uh, also, I, yeah. I, I will also say that 
going back to slightly earlier on my notes, we do we do get a a, a brief glimpse uh, glimpse of the monster like actually moving around, and I just wrote, "Hell yes, the monster looks so shitty." And it, <laughs> it, well, uh, yeah, we'll it's about... like a it's like a crunchy like crouched over thing. We only see a little flash of it. Yeah, we'll see more of it later. Boy, will we see more of it later. Yeah. Um, and then, oh my god, Clara's... Oh, this is a part I really enjoyed. I forgot to mention this. When they send them off to the the music room, which is, as we all know, the heart of the house, mm-hmm. uh, they don't give... They don't give... You know, they don't have flashlights, because it's 1974. They hadn't invented them yet. Mm-hmm. So they do... <laughs> so they do give Clara a big candelabra for that real, like... For that real, just got out of bed and I'm wearing my nightcap energy. Mm-hmm. And... Man, I, if I could ever get a chance to walk around a spooky haunted house with a big candelabra as my only light source, ain't, ain't that the dream? I, would, uh, I wouldn't I would do that. I would die. A well, ghost would eat me. Okay, what if the house wasn't really haunted? What if it was just a big Victorian manor at night? And you <laughs> well, this, go house to the bathroom? this house isn't really haunted. So yeah, this house yeah. isn't haunted. We learn later this house isn't haunted. There's no such I mean, thing in a ghosts. very literal sense, it is haunted. Haunted is when there's a spooky ghost and it's not a ghost. <laughs> this is the second time in Doctor Who where we've seen ghosts, and the first time they elected it to Parliament and it was on EastEnders, and then it turns out it was they were all Cybermen that were just trying to squeeze through a gap in reality. And we'll see what this one is later, but we're two for two on no such thing as ghosts in Doctor Who. It could happen. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying no to ghosts in Doctor Who. I'm like, I'm like a ghost skeptic, but I'm a ghost skeptic for whether or not there's ghosts in Doctor Who. <laughs> My opinion is on- no such thing as ghosts, ghosts on, on this Doctor- show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the jury is still out on whether or not there's ghosts in real life. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about whether or not they're on the British BBC television program, Doctor Who. I don't know. This We're is not a, sure. This is a cool atmospheric part, though. Like, yeah, Clara's candles go out. Yeah. There's, like, this loud, like, banging noise that they're hearing. Before, the temperature before, starts dropping. The windows start frosting over. I mean, before Ghosts that, start though, screaming. Be, be, before that, though, there, there, is, there is a line where, the, where, she, where they're still in the music room. You know, the heart of the house. Mm-hmm. And Clara just says, I'm not happy. And the doctor just walks off. Oh, that's right. That's that was right. a real doctor. Was, I'm not happy, and he's just like, "Bye." That's a real Bill moment, if you ask me. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah, the the banging noise starts to get louder. I love mm-hmm. I love this part where Clara is like, "Doctor, please." Like, yeah, I'm scared, but I'm also an adult. I don't need you to hold my hand. And then he I'm holds up both his hands yeah. and yeah. says, Whoa. "I'm not holding your hand." Uh oh. Uh oh. And then they, I believe they run back down to like the the. The entryway that they were in earlier, I yeah. think. Yep. And there's a big. I thought it was a mirror for a while. It kind oh, of looks weird. Like a big I thought mirror. it was a well. Yeah, it was a well. It what are you looks kind about? of. If Go you've on. ever seen a well for our listeners, it, you, not everybody lives in a place with a well. Uh-huh. It's a what a it's well. A, it's a big spinning. It's a disc. reflective spinning disc <laughs> that floats in the air in midair and sort of wobbling and making weird. So noises. I'm like a I'm like an Anglo-Saxon in like the 900 900 CE, and I see a mm. big floating disc and i'm like there alfred it's a well yeah i think this actually was in the time meddler in the time meddler they did he did fetch water out of the well and it was a big floating rift in reality (laughs) yeah all the all the all the people see it and they're just like what is that why do i feel this urge to dunk a bucket into it (laughs) tosses a coin in there um 
So then, uh, when Emma sees when they're, when they're like in the room and there's a big floating disc, the well, and the doctors are taking pictures of it with the camera and Emma's like empathing really hard and she's yelling and she sees the ghost and, and it's in Boy, the forest and the, and it's going, help me, help me. There's a scary monster in here. Help. Um, and then the words help me appear on the wall. And I don't think Which that's ever explained how that happens. Which is fine. Uh, it doesn't make any sense, but it's okay. That's fine. And then, uh, and then the disc like explodes. And then here's the scene that I thought was very strange. This is a really weird moment that I, so I, it doesn't make any sense. We like, we like cut to, uh, we cut to like Clara and Emma and Clara's like pouring Emma a whiskey because mm-hmm. ghosts just happened at her, I guess. And Emma's like, I hate this. I don't want to drink this. And then Clara's and Clara like, says, yeah, I don't know why I poured this. I also hate this. That, do you know what that she is? She says Sam? it's the 11th. You know what that is? <gasps> Sam. Clara just got a a, a, tr- a classic case of fucker's folly. Oh, she did. I was going to say that she was being fast forwarded uh, on the remote from the movie Click. Yeah, like, why did she, like, what was the part where, what was the part where that happened? And then Emma's like, wow, that was really scary. And then Clara's like, I'm going to go pour you a whiskey now. And she There's says, a deleted scene where Clara, eyes completely black, pours a whiskey and is like, <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this, doctor. Yeah, uh. Clara's eleventh most disgusting thing ever invented. I think. Uh, I think the the invented. Like what? What are other disgusting inventions? The human centipede. Mm-hmm. That's that's more the fictional. Not really. They didn't do that for real. As the far human as centipede I know. three. Yeah, the human centipede. Human centipede one. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. <laughs> and then we made three. Do you know nothing about film? I know much more about them than I would like to. <laughs> same. Same. What are some other like disgusting inventions? Garbage pale kids. Cards. <laughs> those filthy things the disgusting um, rancid creatures not um, maybe? i guess maybe war war is number four she's not a fan she's tried not to one time and she said it was really gross yuckaroo those those like sex toys that do like the uh, the egg insertion thing Ooh. <laughs> oh, or like the or like the ones that are just like a disembodied butt yeah you know what's amazing is that this is this is just where I'm at right now. Is you asked me to think of ten disgusting things invented by humanity, <laughs> and I'm looking around my room for inspiration. <laughs> like, hopefully, I wouldn't have any of them right now. Oh, I've got the blood. I've got the blood fountain. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Pus- I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> I've got I the- was doing the exact same thing. Ugh, cough drops. Ah, <laughs> uh, canned coffee, am I right? Plastic Starbucks soda. coffee, folks! Uh, my old mouse! <laughs> well, we'll have to come back next week with our top ten most disgusting inventions. Uh, don't hold us to it, I'll <laughs> definitely forget. We get a scene where the Doctor and Palmer are in the dark room. Um, I don't know anything about f- uh, photograph development, but I'm gonna pretend like I do for this. You can't do that, Doctor. He's, like, touching him with his fingers. You can't do that. That's yeah, gonna yeah, ruin can. it. Yeah, it's gonna ruin it. I'm pretending no, like no, I know. Can't. It's gonna no, ruin wrong. it. You can't do that, Doctor. It's not. It's fine. <laughs> and then Palmer says, there, are, "There are two people here, seemingly, who have developed photos, <laughs> and you're coming in the hardest." <laughs> you can't do that. So then, Palmer more says, importantly, though, they go they go over more more awesome stuff that Palmer did, and I want to know about Operation Gibbon. Operation Gibbon was when they trained Gibbons to kill Nazis, I guess. Exactly. It wasn't want, very good. It wasn't a very good. I want uh, to know about it, though. I want to see. Jordan, I think this. I think you're thinking of an episode of Carl Pilkington's Monkey News. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Chimp oh, no. soldiers. 
<laughs> little monkey there. <laughs> little, little, monkey, gun. little monkey fella with his uh, with his with his grease gun. But no, they 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 do though have a, have a really nice moment though when uh, Professor Palmer is basically talking about how sending so many people to their death and like dealing with that death really sort of affected him and how he's I know his, that's why he's I so obsessed his, with the afterlife and I want to know what his kill count is. I mean, I want to see. I want to see the stats. I mean, are we counting just, just his kills or kills by the Gibbons? That. That's true. Yeah, we don't know, like, what he was, like, was he, like, doing poisonings? Mm. We don't really know what kind of clandestine uh, Well, the freak first thing you notice about the Professor of War <laughs> is the Gibbon. <laughs> is the Gibbon that he's, that's running at you <laughs> with a machete. For many, for many, it's also the last... <laughs> So yeah, he says that like he sent so many people to their deaths that now he's obsessed with ghosts, and he and bought with I'm, he bought a big mansion with a ghost in it so he could look at it. And I genuinely really like this little quiet moment between these two actors. They're really selling it, and you can see like Matt Smith is acting the hell out of it as well because you can see like he he is portraying a character who has like been through a much more devastating war. And like you can just see, he's getting he he's, get, he, he's getting flashbacks to the singing man. You can see it in his. He face. should have started trying to one up. <laughs> he should have started trying to one up Palmer. Well, I bet I've killed more people than you, and I don't even give a fuck about ghosts. <laughs> you but should have listened. You should I have ain't heard. Afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I think that is something that's worth mentioning about this episode. I think that it really thrives on the fact that there's not many characters in it. Mm. No, it's got four characters in it, and then mm. one... Sometimes they can really get bogged down, you know, episodes like The Family of Blood, where there's so many characters that a character will just say their name to inform you that they're about to be killed. Mm. <laughs> but so yeah, this, this, the... it's, it's really just the mm. four of them, and then it's really the, nice. various, the various the various frights. Gas it... and ghosts. It does, however, have the disadvantage in this scene, which I once again I thought was so brilliantly acted, that it did get me really just, like, looking really closely at uh, Professor Palmer and, like, looking at his face and realising, okay, this actor does not look old enough for this, and I did the maths, and it's like, okay, if the character is the same age as the actor, then he would have been 19 in 1940. He was a really good soldier. Well, speaking of the he family of blood, we saw some uh, 14-year-olds uh, in the firing. Trenches, so. They were firing Vickers guns and crying. Yeah, <laughs> crying about how good they were doing firing. If their guns. only, if only the camera had just panned over and we could just seen the gibbons like, like also firing. You also firing the well, they guns. hadn't invented gibbons, and yeah, <laughs> no, you're right. That was World War Two. That was that was World War Two. Uh-huh. World War Different War. Uh, family of Blood was World War One. So yeah. So then we get a scene where Mom's two women ex- talk about the men in their lives. Um, Clara asks Emma if she and she have crush on Palmer. She tells um, she then, tells Emma that Emma have crush on Palmer. And Emma yeah. says, I'm an empath, so sometimes I can't tell if I have crush on Palmer or if he liked me. And, and then, then and Clara, then Clara's, Clara says, crush on Palmer so big it sticks out like a big chin. Uh, hmm. She says, oh wait, we're late, we get later. Uh, we're back, we're like cutting back and forth between the dark room and mm. the whiskey torium. Um, and then Palmer's like, I wouldn't have cared about dying for a really cool war. Um, and then, uh, what is he? What is he talking about here? You've gotten your notes. He would thank them if he could contact them. Who's he thanking? I think he must be talking about like the people that he killed. Died yes, in the, pe- the, war. the people, the people that died for him. I wish I could thank the Nazis that I killed. In well, the war. no, I wish I could just like, say one sent... last thank you to those Gibbons. 
<laughs> he said that he said that there were people in the war that he sent to their deaths. Yeah. I think he's talking about the good old boys of the war. <laughs> oh, I like this uh, not part. The Nazis. I like this part. Oh yeah, because he was in like operations and he was probably like yeah. sending people to die. Yeah. Um, I do like this part where the doctor's like, I thought ghost hunting would be fun, and it turns out it's not fun at all. It's actually really scary. Mm. And then we're back down in the Wiscatorium. Well, he specifically, he specific. I I like what he says more than that, which is that he's like. He's not saying I thought ghost hunting would be fun. He's I like, thought, I, I thought, thought that the w- ghost would be fun, and she's not. I was expecting Slimer, and I got the ring. Muncher. And I, yeah, Muncher. <laughs> the pathos of Muncher. <laughs> we got even less than Muncher, because when we get when we get to the ghost, like, what's well, in, we'll spo- get to that. Spoilers. Um, and then spoilers. Emma's like, do you have a crush on the guy who's part, kind of her, your boyfriend and kind of your dad at the same you time? You know, the guy with the That's big chin acts. that you just did the Freudian slip around? Slip around? And then she's like, I don't think I have a crush on him, but maybe, and maybe when he becomes an old man, we'll, we'll broach this subject again, and the actor will have to tell them no. Um, and then Emma's <laughs> like, good, because that was weird, and I didn't like it when it happened. And also, I don't trust him. He's yeah, killed so many Yeah, she says there's people. a sliver of ice in his heart. He's got mm. some kind of war doctor inside like of him. Like in the movie mm. Frozen. He's got some kind of fugitive doctor inside of him. I still Not don't know yet, what's going on. I, I don't think. know. I still yeah. don't know what's going on with that. Um, okay, here's the thing I kind of like about this episode that, uh, I actually, I think not every episode, but every once in a while, uh, we should get an episode where they just hop in the TARDIS and go somewhere else briefly. This is so good. And it's something that I never would have expected in a ghost hunting episode is that they're like playing with time. And you know, because they're going to like, and this brings us to the best part of it, though. Is it the part part where the TARDIS is a a beautiful woman? (laughs) It's Clara. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be milked? But sometimes you just got to milk her. Yeah. Oh yeah, I yeah. forgot about the TARDIS milk machine. That was from a classic episode. <laughs> no, People had to give us money to hear about that. But yeah, no, they do. They do run for the TARDIS to like to try and figure out. Well, the Doctor's clearly figured out already figured out what's going on, and like like he's going to just go and get the proof. And but uh, Clara like really clearly does not like the TARDIS. And the TARDIS doesn't like her either. And I really why are like they that. being? Why are they being? I don't like it. Why are they being catty at each other? I didn't. I thought it was weird because they've already got one Clara. They don't need another. Exactly. Stop. <laughs> TARDIS is not Clara. I, I have. I'm to sorry. Believe. This ep- this stuff with the TARDIS makes more sense if the TARDIS it really is does. Clara. It but really we've does. seen. We already know the first like big reveal about Clara, which is that she jumped into the time stream and she got broken up into lots of little bite-sized pieces. Mm-hmm. And then the second reveal about Clara is that she got hit by a bird and then is traveling the world with Lady Me forever. Where is it? Where, what season, what episode does it fit in? The uh, I'll tell you that- what season and what episode. It's Series 7, Episode 10, Journey to the Center of the TARDIS, where <laughs> all will be revealed. Yep. When Clara becomes the TARDIS's heart of the TARDIS in the <laughs> Eye of Harmony. Is she yes. going to find her way into the cloister? Well, I don't know why you brought up the Eye of Harmony. That's That was like a that one-off. Was, yeah, that, yeah, one-off that was like thing, yeah. two weeks, two weeks ago. ago slash decades ago. Well, it's still on my head, in my head. So yeah, the TARDIS is like, the TARDIS like growls at her. And, lo- and this like, is the weird. The doctor runs in and then Clara can't get in because the TARDIS has locked her out. Yeah, there's a fun little detail here that I, that I really like, which is that Clara is in the TARDIS and she's looking for somewhere to hang her umbrella. And the doctor says, Oh, I think I have an umbrella stand around here somewhere. Or yes. at least I thought I did <laughs> because 
he used to have one in the control room in the old times. In the olden because days, because he used remember? to have an umbrella. He used to just, he used it to zipline one time. It was great. Yep. And then she starts shaking off her umbrella into the TARDIS, and the and then uh, the doctor's like, "Hey, how how what are you?" I doing? loved that part. She's like shaking the water onto the floor of the TARDIS. <laughs> He's like, "What the fuck is the get matter with you? Why would you do that?" <laughs> She's not gonna like you if you get if you get her wet. It is a pretty crazy thing to do. Uh, also, there was a thing that we didn't mention earlier in that one, like, part of what the Doctor is pretending to be, like, doing a health and safety inspection, and he's clearly got a little bit in- too into the character because he starts complaining that the wet floor will be a health and safety issue. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Do you, uh, do you think the TARDIS likes that he leaves the brakes on, and do you think she likes it? Oh, she loves it. Or yeah. do you think that he's just a fucking hypocrite? She gets a sexual thrill out of it. Yeah, right? I was going to say, does she feel... Does... I'm imagining that's not, now... That's not the sound uh, of the break. That's, this... that's the sound of, of the TARDIS moaning oh. in, ple- in orgasm. Oh, God. Oh, no. I take it back. I take it back. It. No, 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 no. She hates it. This is like... Uh, we've that's had the sound ongoing... of her groaning with anger. <laughs> we've had this ongoing... Uh, we've had this ongoing uh, thing about, is the TARDIS a beautiful woman? And now I'm just imagining the TARDIS console with, like like long lashes and lipstick like the lappy from homestar runner oh like, i was just thinking of plankton's computer <laughs> oh yeah or karen the wife yeah karen, that's right um, claren claren, claren. It's, it's not clara <laughs> i hate this bit this bit i sucks. literally don't know why you think incorrectly that it isn't clara it sucks i hate this bit it's, it's not a bit it's a theory that's correct it's a theory that is correct <laughs> she's so she's the impossible girl She's been broken it's up and split over time. It's impossible for her not to be the TARDIS. And she's also the TARDIS. And also she was hit by a bird, so she's traveling with Lady Me forever. Correct. Correct? Okay. Mm-hmm. So then... Then the best part Clara, of the episode happens. Clara says, Clara says, where are we going? Oh, she, said, no, she, says, she, said, she says, where are we going? And more importantly, where are we going? And then the Doctor literally reaches out of the screen and high-fives you, Jordan. Because mm-hmm. he, <laughs> he loves, because he, okay, he loves that he line. He actually so high-fives her for saying, where are we, when are we, where are we going and when are we going? He says, that's a great bit. You should start doing that one you again. You should do that for us. You should do that every week. Yeah. You should start, you should do it every week, even when the context doesn't make any sense because they like already were there. We didn't see them arrive. We didn't see them. Even the if it's a two-parter, and even they if don't it's a second-parter, even if it's like they're they're in, they're like going back to to Jackie's apartment. Um, and then, yeah, remember in uh, Time of the Angels when Amy Pond is like, "Where are we? And when are we?" And he answers her. And then in uh, Flesh and Stone, she's like, "Wait a minute, where are, where we? are we?" And more importantly, and more importantly, when are when we? are we? And the doctor's like, "Ooh, I'm worried up. about you, Amy." Uh, so he says they're going always, and then he puts on a big funny red, like, hazmat suit, and, uh... It is specifically, it's a hazmat, it's a hazmat, it's a space suit. It's his Satan fighting, it's his Satan fighting space suit. It's the same space suit. I couldn't tell. Is this the same one from the Satan pit? I'm sure it is. is I think it is. I think it is the Satan pit space suit. Because those were the, those were, like, the, I mean, if it, if anything, it's the costume that was sitting in the BBC costume building under d for doctor who and he they pulled, were like no we he need pulls a... that out and he says i borrowed this is on loan from the doctor who experience right like those were just the spacesuits that the people at the satan pit were using uh but who knows maybe they ever used some of the but elements it, of the costume that suit has reappeared i can't remember when but we have seen it again 
think no, it's literally it's suit. literally the same spacesuit. It's literally the same spacesuit. I've got pictures up, pictures up have, right now, right now. They just have one spacesuit that they keep. Yeah, I can't there. remember when, but I know we've seen it again after the Satan Pit at least once. So then, uh, the TARDIS leaves, and and uh, and Palmer and Emma go, huh? And then we see a ghost, and then we get a, like a montage of that is a very funny shot because it's like. It's, like, obligatory, like, we need to see them, like, react to the fact that Clara and the Doctor are going somewhere, but they they don't really have much of a reaction. They really do just look out the window and go, oh, that's weird. And then we see a they, ghost behind them. I don't know if they saw the TARDIS, like, leave, or if they just saw the Doctor and Clara leave. Anyway, I think they just look out the window and they're like, where'd they go? So, uh... So the Doctor and uh, Clara arrive at, like, primordial Earth. They walk right past Scaroth the Jaggeroth, whose ship has just exploded, and he's just invented humanity. One of the, he's one getting of my, punched into the my, primordial my, ooze. My number one most disgusting invention of all time, humankind itself. Well, see, this is the trouble, is Clara's, like, whiskey's the 11th most disgusting thing ever invented by humanity. Little does she know, nothing was invented by humanity. It was all, it was all guided by, by the gentle hand of Scaroth the Jaggeroth. Please, give us, death please give us one dollar. <laughs> that episode is bonked. Okay, so then they keep they keep going, they're just, like, in the same spot, going throughout time. Uh, time, they go to Dinosaur, they go to Victoria, they go to, like, they go to, like... Like, the sun is dying, and the earth is molten lava, and there's just, like, a piece of a pillar sitting on the ground next to it all, mm-hmm. and the doctor is, like, taking pictures of this camera looking for ghosts, and, and Clara hates to see... He- uh, Clara, Clara watches, uh, uh, on, and she's very uncomfortable seeing, like, the end of the earth in front and- of her. Mm-hmm. And again, I really like this moment. This whole- this whole scene is- I really like this! Because there's yeah, this is a great the whole, part. The whole scene, like it starts b- before before the b- before before Matt Smith even leaves the TARDIS. He's like being weird and jokey with her, and it's clearly he's trying to put her at, put her at her ease by being weird and like, oh, stand still, don't don't eat, don't move, don't even breathe. Actually, you can breathe, but very shallowly. And he's he's trying to be weird and put her at her ease, and she's not having it, and she's just looking dejected, and he's not sure what to do with that so we just sort of she's having an existential crisis yeah. over watching the entire like lifespan of the planet mm. that she lives yeah on. and he's like he literally has to ask her he's like could you like tell me like could, could you give me a clue as to like why you're upset and she's like well i just watched the earth die and she's like i'm dead out there my body's out there somewhere and then he says uh, you fucking wish no See, your body is, is in the bistro math from hitchhiker's guide yeah. to the galaxy but this is one of my problems with the episode is because like the acting's really good, the themes are really good, but the actually di- actual dialogue itself is to you. I'm a ghost. No, no. And it I just... think you're more of a giant. I think you're giants. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, I I will say this scene is a little bit um undercut by my my prior knowledge of the show and, and no spoilers, of course. But what if like. Uh, what if they revisited a moment of, like, the Earth's destruction, but they did it, like, for fun? Like, what if we were going to watch the Earth? Actually, I think you might have seen that episode, Sam. Yes, I, I have seen. Okay. I think that's the second episode. It's like the second yeah. episode, yeah, of, like, a, a, the Doctor and Rose are like, and let's, go watch the, let's go watch the Earth blow up. Whee! <laughs> and, yeah, uh, not- he, he points and he's like, ooh, that's Clara. There, you see, you like, see a ooh. little... You see a little diner fly by? <laughs> I don't understand why the Ninth Doctor would know about Clara, but, you know, timey-wimey or whatever. Because she's um, the TARDIS. 
Uh, and he first of all, she's the TARDIS. Second of all, he's met a hundred of her. Yeah. Right. I forget. I always forget that of all the She's that lady who's always showing up. She's the one who helped fix my car when I was the third doctor. And she's the one who helped fix my scarf when I was the fourth doctor. And she's the one who helped. She's, uh, she's the one who, she's, she's the one who, who stopped that guy when he, when he just repeatedly tried, kept trying to kick she, me in the balls. She handcuffed, she handcuffed Vizlor Turlo and escorted him to his cell when I was the fifth doctor. She's the one who gave me that towel to wipe all the blood off my face when I was the sixth doctor. <laughs> and she was the one who who did medical malpractice on me when I was the seventh doctor. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I I actually went back and rewatched Night of the Doctor uh, for uh-huh. one specific reason, which was that I remember that he said a bunch of character names, and I was wondering if he would mention Grace. He didn't. He didn't. He mentions probably Which, to be fair, he met her once and kissed her a bunch of times, and then he went and had a, a, like, weirdly, a thousand adventures after that. Weirdly, he did mention Chang Lee. <laughs> no. Just not Grace. Um, uh... uh, uh uh, what was her name? Uh, that lady who uh, oh, oh, she, killed, she killed, she killed me, me, and then she kissed me. Ah. Lady Christina I'm D'Souza. Half... <laughs> oh, I'm half human on my mother's side, you know. Uh, so I wonder if I wonder if there are any other characters in the Doctor's timeline who have both kissed and killed him. I feel like the Master might do it at some point. At some point, yeah. I think that I think that Missy is going to kill him, and he's going he's to become kill... Jodie Whittaker, and I she's going to kiss him kisses. first. Yeah. Yeah, because Stephen Moffat was still writing and he would never show an on-screen same-sex kiss in his life. He'd be like, yuckaroo, I can't do no, that. No, Chris Chibnall did. Yeah, I'm saying, but, but, in practice, if you're saying when my favorite she episode. turns, I'm saying when she turns into Jody. so, oh, well, actually, hmm, because we know, we know that Stephen Moffat directed the part where Matt Smith turned into the Doctor, so does but Chris he, he Chibnall, does Chris Chibnall write the part where the, where Missy kisses Jodie Whittaker? Or does Missy kiss uh, what uh, Peter Capaldi, and then she turns into Jodie Whittaker? You know, I'm the one who like offered this idea up, and I'm completely lost. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, who? How does this happen that Stephen Moffat doesn't need to write a same sex kiss? Because he doesn't like that. He doesn't like to do that. He only uh, likes to I think like. He, loves that he, it. he wrote it a lizard lady from the beginning of the universe and her uh, fucking wife. Oh, oh my wife, god! Yeah, Jordan, they're wife. married. Oh, they're I'm married. So, oh, I'm so my my expectations, my biases. Oh no, I've been owned and trolled. So they go back to 1974. They no, go before, back into the house. Sorry, can I cut you off? Because I, I do want to finish talking about this scene. Because this, this, this ties. Oh back, yeah, yeah, please. This ties back to what I was saying earlier. Because the whole "to you I'm a ghost" no thing does. Like, like I say, I don't like the dialogue and the writing in this in this episode. Like the the writing like of of like the characters works nicely for me. It works really well. The writing of the of the characters' actual words does not work well, and the writing of the actual structure of the plot also does not work well. But yeah, but the other thing, the way that that bit gets resolved though, is that he says to her that she's not a ghost; she is the only mystery worth solving. And I have some complex feelings about this line because I feel like any other any other doctor, when they deliver that, they'd be talking about humanity as a whole. He's talking about the impossible girl. Oh, he is, he is yeah. talking. He is very yeah. specifically talking about Clara, and I didn't like it at first, and then I stopped and thinking, and I thought. Oh shit, no, that actually makes perfect sense. Because you gotta remember where this is in the chronology. This is v- very shortly after Amy and Rory fell into the wood chipper. And he was all sort of depressed and like it, Clara had to like sort of pull him out of that. So you, yeah. you said, you said Amy and Rory and I was like ready to pull the plug on this episode. I was like, no, don't say it. 
Well, we've Don't known say, that they fell into the woodchipper. We know they fell into the woodchipper. Wood wood yeah. But no, this is, we know they got. If there's chipper. ever an episode that has a literal wood chipper in it, I'm going to. <laughs> I can't wait for shit. us to get there, and 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 it's like it's just like Amy and Rory got off the TARDIS and went back to live their normal lives, and they're still <laughs> around. And then we're gonna get a revival episode where where and, fucking and Rory has a beard now. <laughs> Shooty Gatwa gets to meet Amy and Rory, and they're still alive and they're fine. But yes, yeah, so my point being though is that I really actually like the fact that uh, that that uh, Matt Smith is delivering this. Specifically, specifically just about Clara, because she's the sort of thing that's pulling him back towards being the Doctor and being more interested in other, in other things. And I think, that, I think that works well. I it don't does. like that he's, like, intrigued and, like, fascinated by this weird girl who he's her dad and also he wants to kiss her. But that's just me personally. Well, that part's only in the snowman. I don't think that that really that happened in, No, it happened in the next episode when he pours out her cookie. He pours cookies for her and oh, he no, kisses her on I the forgot, head. I forgot about he kisses her on the head and he tucks her, he tucks her in and he kisses her. And now she's all obsessed with talking about his chin. Yeah, it, it <sighs> is interesting because we haven't... Th- Two episodes between Bells of St. John and Cold War, and it feels like their relationship has completely <laughs> changed in that time. What like, happened? it really feels like he's completely dropped the horniness, and now he's just like, I, I don't find like, out. Clara seems nice. <laughs> What's your deal? What's your deal? So, uh, oh, does, so, Clara seems nice. Or oh, does she? This is where the episode begins to go off the rails a yes. little bit. So, yes. they go back to 1974. Um, and they regroup with, with their, with their ghost hunting pals. Um, and then Emma says another line that I think, uh, Stephen This one was guest wrote. Everything ends. Not love. Not always. Not everything ends. The opposite. Not everything ends. Not love. Cause Claire's like, I just saw that everything ends. Stories are the, stories are what memories become when they die. Yeah, that Um, line was. And who has a better story uh, to tell? The doctor. Oh, the doctor pulls out his photographs and he puts it in his old timey like Kodak slide thingy, and, uh, and I love a we good see slide like like dinosaur dinosaurs chasing after the spooky ghost, and we see like caveman Unkabunga spooky ghost, and we see like Skaroth the Jaggeroth Unkabunga spooky ghost. Uh, the ghost has always been here, like always for billions mm. of years. How is this? How can this be? And then the doctor just says, oh, it's not a ghost. It's Hyla Takorian. She's a time traveler and also a lost soul. And I was like, huh? She's a time it's, traveler yeah. and a lost soul, Jordan. What's the, not uh, the reveal here? And clearly this is like an important person from human history that he is already aware right. of. Is of, she course like, was like, of course she's important. She's wearing motocross armor that's been sprayed white. <laughs> yeah, he's he says that she's like a pioneer of human time travel. And yeah, I guess she went missing, and he's like, oh shit, this is what happened to her. Her time machine, like, got trapped in a pocket dimension, so the ghost that everyone is like, oh, she's always in the same pose, it's actually because they're just seeing a short period of time, which to her, or to her, it's a short period of time. The point is, she's basically moving in incredibly slow motion, from her perspective, she crashed, like, a minute ago, but she's been here, like, across human history, mm-hmm. which is, and so also, that's why he took all these pictures, because if you put them <laughs> in a slideshow, then you can see that she's moving, she's, she's running. running. What's she running from, Sam? The Crooked Man. A scary, a, a scary, a scary spiky turtle guy? Which is, a scary which is, skeleton. There's this wonderful moment when, when, when there's, when they say, well, what's she running from? 
and then he goes to the next slide and you just see their horrified reactions and they're clearly staring at something really ghastly and horrifying and then it's like a blurry turtles with spikes on it look I let's just let's just get this world. out of the way it's a fact we're not i'm not tr- i'm not being silly here this is just true this is the thing from the I think you should leave Darmine Doggy Door it's sketch. It's the Darmine Doggy Door Nixon mask on a pig. It's exactly what it looks like. That's exactly what it looks like. That's real. I that lives with us on Earth. I need to watch that show. I've not seen it. It's so good. It's so good. Um, so, yeah, he he says that, yeah, she's, she's running from this thing. I love this part where, okay, there's two parts here that I love in a row that are both very stupid and nothing, where number one is that uh, Professor Palmer says, Time travel is not possible because paradoxes would happen, and nah. the doctor's like, "Eh, whatever." As long that's as thing you don't, one. as long yeah. as you don't save uh, uh, Pete Tyler from getting hit by a car, that's like the one thing we can't fix. Thing number two is that he tries to explain what he means yes. about a pocket dimension. Yes, I love so this. So he blows up two balloons, oh and my he God. says, "Imagine this one is our dimension, and this one is the pocket dimension." So okay. Then, so that's pretty much what we're dealing with. <laughs> so there's kind of two, if you can think about this one, there's kind of like two of them. There's literally nothing else to the scene. I want to be very clear. Every universe, is, every universe is a sponge. And my, I thought that he was going to be like, and now if we overlap them, or like, no, nothing. He just blows up two balloons and says, basically, it's like if there were two of something. It's like if there were two balloons. And then he let, then he lets one go. And it's the one that represents the real world. <laughs> oh, no. And then the universe collapses. Doctor, you let go of the wrong balloon! He, uh, yeah, he, they see the, the Crooked Man. It's called the Crooked Man in the subtitles. They never call it the Crooked Man in well, the episode, we know that which it's I called think the is good cr- because it's a man. stupid name. We know it's called the Crooked Man because it says Crooked Man laughs. And I was really <laughs> confused the first time I saw this. Which also, yeah, the thing that is chasing her laughs, which is great. Um, so they need to formulate a plan to go uh, get... Hilitikorian out of the pocket dimension, out of the balloon. Uh-huh. Um, and they need crystals. And then what they go what to get crystals, crystals do they need? They well, need... okay, let's not let's not get things confused here because there's two crystals. He gets a blue crystal that he says is from Metabolus Three, which I assume is a callback to something. And then he does he... bring he does bring a uh, uh, he brings a big like eye shaped stone, and we learn that it's a subset of the Eye of Harmony. And Clara asks, what is that? And the doctor says, I don't really know to be it was from the It was from the movie, I don't know. I think the master lives in there sometimes. What? God is what? real. Yeah, the time gods are, are Stephen playing Moffat. on us. Stephen Moffat I... is real, he has a time machine, and he is specifically annoyed at the two of you, and is pranking you. The odds that the Eye of Harmony, which has never been mentioned before on our show... <laughs> would come up two weeks before it appears in a modern era episode. That is so bananas to That's me. really funny because that was the one episode that wasn't random. That was because we got a hundred dollars to do it. And <laughs> yeah. then and then like the 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 like probabilities coalesced and then we got to learn about the My eye spreadsheet of Har- was like, okay, they've seen the Eye of Harmony. Now it would be funny to show them hide. Does Halic Tacorian or some kind of other ghast or ghost live in the spreadsheet possibly? Oh, there's maybe a maybe a machine. Maybe there's a Clara in there who's making steering our podcast in the funniest possible directions. Yeah, oh, and then also like... this is important. This is important. This is important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Clara says, uh, "Can you just fly the TARDIS into the pocket dimension?" No, and he says that the basically it would like burn up the TARDIS's battery really fast, in and f- the TARDIS would end up trapped there. Specifically, in four seconds it would be trapped forever, and in ten seconds it would be dead. So don't do it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the doctor uh, does a classic But it would be save. fine if you fly it in for four seconds twice. The doctor does Just a classic. Just as long as there's some time between. Classic zany line where he make, he puts the one crystal, not the Eye of Harmony, but the like red crystal in a in a cool hat. And he gives it to Emma and he says, it'll amplify your existing abilities, like a microphone or a pooper scooper. That doesn't make any sense. No, I disagree. I think that's legitimately a a good joke. What is the joke? joke. I mean, the microphone makes sense. What's the pooper scooper? How does that Because we already have the ability to pick up poop with our hands. We just don't like to do it. So it improves our ability. Oh, and it amplifies our existing abilities. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um... We're all we are all pooper scoopers. Mm-hmm. And then the, 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 they also also put a million clocks around them, and I was like, I hope there's that cool cathedral clock that the first Doctor had on his TARDIS. Nowhere to be found. That props. the one that was melting in uh, Edge of Destruction. Yeah. The prop that's lost to time. The uh, the one that melted, and then what's her name started screaming and passed out. <laughs> Psychochronography calls it, which I guess is when you just put a bunch of clocks around a psychic lady. <laughs> basically and then he straps himself out of the harness and he's gonna jump into the well and emma um, this is emma, a good emma asks, doctor emma asks if it's going to hurt no yes i don't know probably yes it's gonna be oh, no, agony before before this no this important thing before this the professor uh pr- professor what's what's his name uh, palmer palmer he takes he takes emma aside and is basically like why would you save this person's life? That's stupid. That's dumb. Don't do that. What are you, what are you an idiot? Are you a dumb idiot, baby? Why would you save someone's life? Why would I'm you nice risk your smiling. life? smiling. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny for pro- the professor uh, who's saying, like, I have taken so many lives that I'm, like, fascinated by the concept of life and death. And, you know, yeah. I, but why would you save, the, why would you save a yeah. life? Why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. No, I, d- I don't. I don't understand it either, to be honest. Don't worry. Don't worry though. It's a, yeah. it, don't worry. It's a very consistent part of his character, though. So even if it doesn't, even if that doesn't make sense, it's not like it's not like he's going to do complete opposite a couple of minutes later. <laughs> so uh, no I, I love this part. With this is a great eleventh Doctor moment where yeah, Emma's like, "Is this going to hurt?" And he's like, "No, yeah, it, it's going to hurt." I think. I actually don't know. It might hurt really bad. I I really don't know, but I'm interested in finding. Out. It'll be a fun little science lesson for us. <laughs> Okay, let's I'm go. I'm interested so sh- to find out. So he straps himself into, like, they have a rope rig to, like, pull him out when they get He's harnessed to, up, yeah. Yeah, he's harnessed up. And then and then Emma's like, Hiller, can you hear me? I know you're scared. Ah. And then uh, all this the clocks the start part going crazy. And then, where the disc starts spinning in the air again. <laughs> this and is and the a portal well. opens up. And the doctor's like, oh, that's why they call her the Witch of the Well. The- it's a reality well. And I'm like, Maybe there was no. another, maybe no. there was another time Unga Bunga Reality Well. <laughs> Can that be the episode title, please? Unga Bunga Reality Well. <laughs> that's about as good of a title as you could possibly get. Um, and then he says Geronimo is catchphrase and he jumps in. And then he says Fesses are cool. Um, <laughs> and, then he, and then we find the pocket dimensions, like it ju- it's just a forest for some reason. Yeah, it's just a um, forest. It's a big forest. Because it's cheap to shoot in a forest. Yeah. Um, and he's it's run- a spooky forest. I like it. It's a spooky forest. And he's running He's running around this forest yelling, Hilla Takorian! Hilla Takorian! And it's just like, it just sounds like, it's such a strange You're going to wake up the crooked man. Hilla Takorian, come here. Crooked man, don't. It's such a, yeah, it's such a, it's like, such a, a Knights fucking, of the Old Republic. It's a jellical cat name. No, it's not a jellical cat name. That would be like if her name was, like, Hillabungaroo. Or something or like that. Hillitacorian. <laughs> Maybe if it's one. Okay, I guess if it's one word, Hillitacorian. That's Hillitacorian. The way he's yelling at it. Okay, that's an episode title. 
Hilatakorian up on the roof. Hilatakorian, she's so aloof. Um, <laughs> Hilatakorian, she's so interesting. Hilatakorian, she's going to arrive and then literally have no impact on the rest. <laughs> no, she's gone. Oh no! Um, <laughs> so yeah, she runs out of the woods and uh, literally so going. She says, Help, Help me, which is her favorite me. thing to say. And. I, I this is this is pretty silly, but I'm enjoying the episode, so I liked it. Where the doctor he, he sees her and he's like, "No time, complete sentences, two minutes, abandon planet, run." That was a Matt Smith ass line. Yeah, uh, he's like, she's like, "Help me, I'm being." I wouldn't chased have liked by... it if I wasn't liking the episode. I'm ch- being chased by some kind of crooked man. <laughs> um, and then Emma's like, "Okay, I can't do this anymore. You got to come back." Um. And this is where things start to really fall apart. Yeah, this is where things go a little crazy. The mansion. This the- is so funny. I, I'll, I'll just, I'll just say it right now. I, I'm loving this. I have absolutely You're no issue fun. with anything that You're happens here. You're having fun. I'm happy for you. You're having it's- fun. I just thought that. I just thought this was. I was just like, what is happening? I would have um, less issue with it if they hadn't like spent the first part of the episode setting things up that felt like they'd be important for understanding what was going the, on. The power of Emma's empathy summons the mansion into the pocket dimension, mm-hmm. sort of, and then the doctor goes in there, and then, um, oh yeah, Hilla Tikorian is with him, right? Yeah, Hilla Tikorian is with her. her. Um, mm-hmm. And then they go inside, I believe they go inside the music room, which, as we all know, is... The Heart of the, the Hound! The best the Luigi's Mansion! Radial tracking map! <laughs> uh, and, then, and then the doctor takes a very long time to, like, lock the door. He is too and busy being on. quirky to live. Yeah, he's being quirky, point. and he's like, he's like, okay, you gotta do this. And then he does, like, a ten-minute stand-up bit about spoons. <laughs> um... And then, and this, then they the, I, I like and... this part though because uh, as he's like blocking the door, the the creature, the crooked man, starts banging on the door, and he recognizes it as the the banging noise that they were hearing in the mansion, and he's like, "Oh, that's what that was." <laughs> Some kind of crooked man. Uh, and then they get Hilatikorian out, but unfortunately, but the, then, for then the doctor crystal is takes, really fucking up Emma. It ta- and yeah. the doctor takes off his his bow tie because bow ties are cool. And then he starts very slowly, sort of trying to tie tie it around the. Uh, that'll the hold. That'll the hold it. That'll, that'll hold, hold it, man. Oh, is that what he, I noticed that his bow tie came off. I, yeah, I really didn't understand off. why that happened. And like. I, um, That's the second thing he he very slowly and laboriously ties ties around a door. I can't. I don't know what the first thing was. It like looks like some some red the tassel from a, a fess. Red, <laughs> the string of a violin. It was like a red um, tube. It was a mystery tube. It was a. It was one of those. They were in the music room. It was one of those boom whackers, like a resonant tube that makes a note when you hit it on the ground. Um. So the doctor. So they save Halo Sikorian and Emma takes the hat off and she says. Ah. And then uh, the doctor's like, huh, why is it quiet all of a sudden? And then he's outside, the the mansion is gone. No more mansion. Yes, more Crooked Man. So anyone who's a fan of Crooked Man content... Let's go! Fuck yeah. I'm Specifically, if you're, if you're a fan of dramatic shots of the doctor spinning around like something's behind him, then another dramatic shot of the doctor spinning around like something's behind him, Apparently I am, because this was really doing it for me. <laughs> I was having a great time. I loved it. I loved what? it. It was it was silly. It was ridiculous. Like, like I say, my main complaint was like, uh, about about the episode falling apart, was like, that it doesn't feel like the things that are set, that are, that are, that are thrown out as important early in the episode are actually important or help you understand what's going on. But 
once you get beyond that, once again, it's a great time. And the Doctor's just like spinning around. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, so Clara... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you posted Crooked Man in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> great spoilers um, spoilers lo- love love that crooked man <laughs> so okay clara, no, the emoji posted uh, after it's a spoiler <laughs> oh yeah i guess it is so clara just... hears some kind of alarm noise coming from the tardis was that ever really explained <laughs> it was the tardis uh trying to save her boyfriend and dad i think it was doctor. i think it was the tardis actually like trying to get clara's attention hey get in here get in here um, you're not allowed so... to do anything Oh yeah, this is the part where Clara's like, Emma, you have to wake up and open the portal again so we can save the doctor. And Professor Palmer's like, no, she didn't. We're, we're all good. We got it. The weird man's gone. <laughs> weird man eliminated. <laughs> no, no, we did it. no, then, no, but then uh, the professor start, then, then she leaves and the professor starts begging her to put her life at risk. You to have save to put the, the funny hat back no, you've on. You've got to put the you funny hat on. The funny hat back on. You've got to do it. I really like this part because there, there, Clara, do, on her way out, she's like, "We can't abandon the doctor." And Palmer's like, "Okay, actually, yeah, you're right." I really like this part because two characters are approaching this problem from two completely different directions yes. that seem yep. to like not intersect in any way. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. they shouldn't because we know that the TARDIS can go into the pocket dimension. It just can't be in there for very long, mm. and we know that Emma can put the funny hat on she just can't do it for very long so then what happens is that emma puts the funny hat on and makes herself in agony while clara goes into the pocket dimension for a couple seconds to grab the doctor and i don't know how those two things interact with each other i don't think they do i think that it's kind of just like we have to do everything we can i think that emma put the hat on for no reason Uh, well they don't know what's gonna happen i I think clara clara Got, they got in the, in the TARDIS for no reason. I think that if she just stayed there, Emma would have been able to save the Doctor. If they, yeah, because she's literally just opening the portal up again. And we find out mm-hmm. later they, they did fi- two things, and one of them worked. And we find out later as well that literally the Crooked Man has no interest in killing the Doctor because he wants. He just wants to be a scary Doctor. He literally is like the Doctor is literally like you are just a scary Doctor Who it's monster. It's my time to shine. <laughs> it's t- you're, you're just here to scare the kids, aren't you? That's what you're That's here right. for. Yep. That's what you I'm do. The crooked man. That's what you do. I don't okay. kill you're... people or anything. Here, let's 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 back up. Let's back up before yeah. because first, uh, my theory is confirmed as Clara uh, bangs on the TARDIS door and says, yeah, this, "Let me in, you yeah, grumpy old cow." I'll tell you. I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. When the holographic Clara appeared, I said, "Oh fuck off!" Literally, I knew you were going to be a piece <laughs> of shit about this. This is this is something that we saw in Let's Kill Hitler. It's the TARDIS's uh, voice. It's the, wood, it's the, the voice wood visual interface. The wood chipper. The thing vision. that made us think that Martha was dead. <laughs> I still think Martha's dead. I'm still. I, I'm. I'm unsure. Uh, and yeah, this is this is pretty funny because it does feel like the TARDIS is like actually trying to be mean to Clara. It really because does. It's, it like takes the form of a projection of her, and it's like, I am programmed to appear as someone that you hold in the highest esteem, and of the billions of people in my database, this was the best fit. <laughs> and Clara's like, "Fuck off!" Yeah, I loved that moment. Uh, so yeah, she tells the TARDIS like, "You have to go into the pocket dimension to save the Doctor," and the TARDIS is like, "But I will be destroyed." I don't want to do that. And then Clara says, like, do it anyway? No. And the TARDIS is like, alright, fine. <laughs> you're, you're, you're epic and impossible enough that I can... And clever. So um, Emma opens the portal, Clara flies the TARDIS into the pocket dimension, and it's, yeah, you know, like, whoever saves him first wins, I guess. Yeah. And once again, we, 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 like, we, we cut, so we cut back. Bad. And we cut back and Matt Smith is just spinning around, just revolving. Whoa! 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 
And yeah, this is the part. This is the mm -hmm. part where he's like, I know what you want from me. You just want to scare me. I've got it written down if you want. That's what you do. You hide. You were the bogeyman under the bed, seeking who you may devour. You want me to be afraid. Then well done. I am the doctor, and I am afraid. Why does? Why is this episode called Hide? Yeah, title watch. Why is this yeah, episode called Hide? He says you hide. It's like, he didn't really hide. He just kind of is off screen. And is yeah, the doctor... the title doesn't the really right, make sense. Is the doctor right about anything there? I don't know what this thing is! Well, he's, mean, he's not, and I think that that's intentional, and I, I, we'll, we'll get to what it actually is, kind of. Kind of. Is it possible that the episode is called Hide because the guy who wrote it, Neil Cross, I believe... Was he just trying to recreate the childhood experience of an episode that you watch behind the couch? But they couldn't watch it behind the couch. So the living room wasn't big enough. No. We learned this already. What? Huh? Oh, I saw an article that was like behind the couch. And then the response is like, nobody had a living room big enough yeah. that you could have a couch that wasn't pushed up against the back no. wall. So you couldn't hide behind the couch. Maybe. But it's I, apocryphal. My point is, is it possible that the reason that this episode is called Hyde is because he did want to set it up it was as... A, it I was mean, a command. sure, that's possible, but that's a fucking reach, mate. Hyde imperative. I don't know. It's the part where the, I, I was surprised by uh, the part where the flashing yellow text said, kids hide behind the couch right now on the screen. Here's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to fixate too much on the couch. Here's, just, what, here's what I'm going to say, though. If that is the reason, it's a dumb reason. I think that they I'm not trying to fixate too much on the couch specifically. I'm just saying that the title, along a, with the, like, early atmosphere building, it it sets you up to expect a, a spooky ghost episode. That and then, of course, it, it subverts those things in a way that it sounds I like I liked more than the two of you liked. It's but. called Hide because it's like a cool and spooky sounding title for an episode. It's like um, Blink and... Uh, yeah, Blink and... and uh, dinosaurs on the moon or whatever i think we saw a next time on for a spooky ghost episode that was called like listen yeah hear feel think i mean you, you, you did see now. a next you did see a next time on for this episode which oh yeah hide. oh no wait sorry we fucked up this episode is called hydalin hydalin <laughs> there you go this That's is so fine. weird my... this is so weird now i'm not the only one anymore finally another person who has played final fantasy 14 <laughs> no one else has done that on this podcast though so, uh, so we see, we see the funny, we see the funny, <laughs> funny monster for just a second. And then Clara picks up the doctor and the TARDIS and then they, they get out. Um, right? Yeah, they get out. They, they get, get out. out. They get out. Everything's fine. They Emma do, put the hat on they for do, no reason. They do, they do the thing and the TARDIS is, is, the TARDIS is there for, for, for like 15 solid seconds and it, it works. It's fine. Right. This is a thing that we've seen, like, once before, I think just in Time of the Doctor, where the TARDIS has, like, some kind of, like, field around it, where the Doctor, despite not being inside of it, he, like, is transported with it mm. into the mansion. Also, uh, Emma and the Professor, they see the TARDIS appear inside the mansion, Nothing. and they're kind of just like, what the hell? And that's pretty much the end of it. Also, I just love... <laughs> Coupled with the shot, just the, Matt, the shots of Matt Smith spinning around are my my other favorite slots, uh, shots were, were the shots of Jenna yes. Coleman just hanging on to the console as the TARDIS yeah, spins as the around. TARDIS like pinballs through the time vortex. It looks so dumb and terrible, and it's perfect for Doctor Who. This is this is what Doctor Who should look like. Yes, <laughs> it looks. Um, so it yeah, looks the TARDIS like... appears inside the music room, and Emma says that's the eleventh weirdest thing I've seen mm. today. <laughs> Um, the next day... Why it appears in the music room? 
Because it's the heart of the house. Because it's the heart house. of the house. Luigi's Mansion. And the, and, the, and the Eye of Harmony is the heart of the TARDIS. It's cinematic parallels. It's like poetry. Um, oh, Emma goes to talk to the doctor, and uh, she's like, I think you came here for me. Because I'm an empath and I know these things. And then he says, I need to know what is going this on This is Clara. so funny. The doctor, the whole reason they were here is because the doctor was aware of Emma and the fact that she's an empath. And who better to tell him what Clara's deal is than an empath? What's her deal? Is she like an impossible, is she some kind of impossible girl? I think she might be some kind of impossible girl. And then, and then Emma says, she's a perfectly ordinary, possible girl. She's very possible. She's so possible. She's a, a Claire possible. And I'm... Um, she's pretty, she's clever, ding, and she's more scared than she lets on. And also, she is going to one day jump into the, your time stream and break herself she's up. She's the into hybrid, a million. Also. She's also, she's also, yeah. by the way, not only did she jump into your time stream and become broken up into millions of little pieces, like leaves scattered on the breeze, but she's also the hybrid with you mm. in a different form. I do, fi- I do feel like this does set up nicely that Eleven's arc is going to be to learn that Clara being just a girl is enough to be interested in. I think I think that's because it gets him getting back to be interested in humanity as a whole. And that's a lovely thing, just him realizing, oh, she is just a normal girl. But I she, need to see but then more, she isn't. Like, that's true. I, I then just, she, but then she isn't. So I do I like that line. She's just an ordinary girl. Isn't that enough? Yeah. I, I, I hadn't thought about that in the context of where he is mm. in his story. But yeah, I, I think that is pretty nice. I, need to, I like, think it would I be nice to, like, really, if she was. We've barely seen Amy and Rory on this show. Like, we've just not had a lot of them. We also haven't seen the wood chippering of them. So I need to, like, I mean, know that's what basically happens. the entirety of, of the first half of season seven. So I. Yeah. It's. <laughs> just We're being fed into the wood chipper. Ah, ah. There go my toes. Here. Uh oh. Not my ankles. Ah. Stay tuned. Next week, my ankles will go into the wood chipper. Okay. Here's another thing about this episode that I kind of bothers me a little bit. Is that like the whole thing is, oh, we gotta save Hilla to Corian, we gotta save her. And then like they save her, and then she says, like, thank you for saving me, stranger. And then she just like T poses for the rest of the episode and doesn't yep. say very much or do very much. And yeah, she's a dragon from Spyro. It's a little weird. It's a little weird. Yeah. So they like go outside, and Hilla's like, well, I can't go back because history says I went missing. And the doctor's like, yeah, that's true. It's a um, fixed point. And he's like, we've yep. heard of that at some point. I don't remember when, but we have. And then, uh, and then, it, then uh, Hill is like, have I met you somewhere? Oh, it turns out that you're, like, my great-great-great-great-grandparents or something. Blood. Oh, and this is where, like, Doctor Who goes, like, weird. It's not, like, Biotruths, exactly. But it is this weird, like, blood calling out for blood. The most and he, important That is and extremely he is, not what Biotruths no, are. No, I'm not saying it's not, it's not as bad as Biotruths. But, but, like, he, there's this weird reoccurring thing with this show about, like, the importance of genetics. Mm. And genetics is, like, this incredibly important thing, and somehow Emma had this connection with Hilla because they're related. And while he is saying this, he is rubbing his hands like... I don't see why that's in any way a a bad thing. While he's saying this, though, he is rubbing his hands like a weird little freak that he is, and I love it. (laughs) You and me, (laughs) you and me, uh, you and me, Professor, we're men. (laughs) There's a few things I want to call out here. Uh, There's the part where he says that Emma is Hilla's ancestor, and then he turns to Professor Palmer and says... As are you, of course, but I know you would have guessed that already. Oh. Oh, you didn't. Oh. Uh, well, this is <laughs> awkward. <laughs> yeah. He calls back to that dumb line from earlier where he says that their psychic link was because of their familial relationship. Blood and he says, not blood. everything ends, not love, not always, which is not a very good or cool line. Writing that in my yearbook. 
And um, then he does then, the uh, thing that was also that, that I was like, oh my gosh, this is they they really knew that you were going to do this show because then boy did they because then Matt Smith starts doing. My favourite cover of Cole Porter's classic song, almost as good as Molly, Molly Ringwald's cover. Yeah, this of the this also song. made me scream a little bit. It's not a cover, but okay. But yeah, he starts covering the song, saying birds do it, bees do it, and he starts talking about sharks because this is where they reveal what's going on with the Crooked Man. It turns out the Crooked Man is just looking for his crooked GF. Yeah, he's looking for a crooked woman. And which it is I think heterosexual. It's impl- it is heterosexual. Impl- it is definitely Does heterosexual. Does it not imply that the crooked lady is just in the house also? Yes. It's not implied. She is. She is. We saw her. Well, okay, we this, saw is, her. this is what happens. Because, because here's, here's the important realization. Because he tells... Uh, uh, Palmer and Emma are like, well, what do we do now? And the doctor's like, uh, isn't it obvious? You hold hands. And then he remembers Clara saying, let go of my hand. And he goes, oh, my God, I'm so stupid. Because how would the thing from the pocket dimension have been touching Clara's hand? It wasn't. It couldn't. Oh, there's another the... one that's in the house right now. And there was something he said earlier when hands. he was saying, like, I know what you're doing, you creepy monster, where he was like, you're trying to use me to escape this dimension, but I won't let you. Basically, what he realizes is that these are two creatures who are in love and have been, like, yearning for each other across dimensions Ma- while one of them is trapped. Specifically a male creature and a female breed. creature. It is very important. Specifically to- a man and a woman. They're going to breed the crooked man and the crooked woman. They're going to have thousands of offspring that are going to terror- terrorize the planet for generations <laughs> to come. And yeah, the, he looks through the window of the mansion inside and sees that... There is a there is crooked another woman. crooked man in there, and she's got a little. No, it's a crooked woman. Hair, so you know that, yes, yeah, she's it's got a, a crooked little bow woman. on, so you can tell that it's a girl. Lipstick. And so he then says, he's like, he's like, Emma, can you put the agony hat on one more time for me, please? But she's an empath, so she doesn't mind. Mm-hmm. And he goes back into the pocket dimension, and he spins around for a little bit, and he says, "Hey, uh, I'm I, you remember you when I made that big speech about you being the boogeyman earlier? Sorry. I kind of misread the vibe of this whole situation." Do you want me to, like, get you out of here so you can be with the one you love? And then he turns around and the creature is just standing right next to him, just looking him in the eyes. It's such a beautiful shot because it looks so shitty. It looks so shitty. I love it. They really were just like, we were just like, we want to do an episode about ghosts and then, I don't know, crooked man. Creepy crooked men deserve love too. That's true. I'm always saying this. And then, uh... The the TARDIS starts to fly in. We get and another the shot. Says, we get... get ready to jump, and, and we that's get... the episode. I really like the fact yeah. that they uh, they went for the risky maneuver that might destroy the TARDIS if you do it not good enough. But I guess he trusts Clara. Trust Clara. And we had to get another shot of her hanging off off the control panel and screaming. Whoa! 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 That's the end <laughs> of the episode. Um, I liked watching it. Hmm. And I also was recognizing that it had some very weird stuff in it that I didn't quite understand why it was in the episode. I thought the beginning was really strong. I'm gonna give it a C. I'm gonna give it a C plus. It's like upper end of middle of the road to me. Wow, that is okay. That's I'm sorry that's you fine. liked. It's fine. You liked it. That's okay. That's fine. It's- I thought it was really good. I thought that the the mystery was interesting. I I thought that it was really bold to do a double twist of setting up a ghost story. Then saying, actually, it's not a ghost story, 
It's a woman who is in danger, but it is actually still a ghost story because she's being chased by a ghost. And then twisting it again and saying, actually, no, it was never a ghost story. It's just a person running from something that it doesn't understand. But the something that it doesn't understand is just someone who is also in trouble. I don't know. I I thought it pretty much all worked for me. The only thing that I didn't really like was the empath stuff, which was just kind of silly and cringy. But it's an A minus for me. I thought this was a wow. great episode. I really also, enjoyed it what as happened well, to yeah. Hilatakori and what did they do with her? I think the, I think the implication was that she's just going to stick around and uh, hang out with her, her, hang out with her, her great 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 grandparents. Yeah. yeah. Nah, wood chipper. Sorry. Didn't you hear it just starting yeah, up? Shit. Just like, do, you have a, do you have a rating for this one? <laughs> we have to resolve the paradoxes. <laughs> well, no, I, I think I, I, I honestly like I've had a lot of complaints about like some of some of the tone, but I don't think that I don't think it detracts from the overall piece as well. I would, I, I'm, I'm more with you, Sam, than I am with Jordan, despite some of my negative statements about it. Because yeah, it works really well. It's, it's, it's an episode all about love, about. Uh, how these two really just th- these these two scientists stop moaning at each other, like how they love each other, how these two weird monsters love each other, and how Cl- Clara wants to bang her, her the, the doctor who's also her dad. Um, <laughs> I'm really dad. glad. I'm really glad that I've just introduced this into the DNA of our podcast. He was being weirdly paternal in Bells of Saint John, but that never happened again, and hopefully it never will. I just think, I just think that it it's it started pinballing between ideas too quickly, and the crooked man was like, "Where did that come from?" But oh well. Um, Next time on Doctor Who, some people are doing space salvage. Clara is trapped the- in the TARDIS, and the Doctor enlists the salvagers to help her get out. And then she encounters mysterious beings inside the TARDIS, and the Doctor can't or won't tell her what they are and, and then, then we don't see a, this in the next time on but, it but says it's another you have to be you have to become the tardis it says um so i can yeah it was you. like oh, that sounds like a fun episode i would watch it okay time time for companion awards um well we already said that clara got fuckers folly for giving uh for giving emma a big cup of whiskey that neither of them wanted <laughs> That it's a it's good. a minor one, but it's undeniable. It's like we don't give that one up very much. Um, I think we like, can agree. No Leela Cross, obviously. Nothing no Leela Cross. Either. I mean, I mean, like we know that uh, we know that Palmer has like a closet full of Leela Crosses that are gathering <laughs> dust, but he never earns them. This week, he keeps it in a box um, in the attic. Nobody, nobody got a Mickey Award for eating shit in a comical way. Um, nobody. Uh, oh. I, I think actually Clara gets a Clara gets a Sarah Jane award for companionship initiative yeah. for running into the TARDIS and going to rescue the Doctor and putting aside her differences with the TARDIS, which is not easy because they're the same person. They're the mm-hmm. same person. Um, yeah, that one was a that one's a, a uh, that one's like a, a she has the she has the respect. Here's the Sarah Jane award. Wear it with pride. Um, uh, any gold stars? Nah, I don't think so. Do you think I the Doctor so. should get struck off for just fucking about just being? terminally quirky to the point of getting stuck in a box but he always no does reason. that <laughs> that's, that's a precedent we can't set no, that's fine. That's uh, fine. the doctor was quirky and fucking around this week oh nope but that was, a, a, that was egregious fucking about though it's always egregious fucking uh, about i need to start watching i guess he kind again. of did some human experimentation Are we he cool did with that? he did say are you yeah that's true that was a non-ethical medical practice that was i look forward to finding out if this kills you <laughs> yeah i look forward to finding out how much this hurts you okay uh, here's the exciting type time, time time. That's the word. Which doctor? I don't remember uh, how which doctor fits into our episodes with guests. Do you tell us what you want us to watch? What do you want to I watch? Mean, and then we'll feel we'll, free. Yeah. Who do you want? 
I am going to say actually that that's a good question because I probably am actually going to start watching this. This like I'll, I'm probably going to be start watching along with it with you both because I really enjoyed this experience and my wife did. It's this- a very fun way to watch Doctor Who. Yeah, my, the correct way. My wife really enjoyed it as well. Like I, I watched, I watched it with her, and and we just had we had a great time. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing this until it gets shit. So let's get some flux. Come on! Oh, hell I don't yeah. want to have to keep watching okay, this show. Sing, Jody, um, <laughs> I'm playing Shooty's Gambit. Oh man, um, give me flux. I think I think <laughs> we've had enough space. I'd love to see Eccleston again. That fucking point seven nine percent is so tempting to me. <laughs> well, let's see if it's tempting to God. Ooh, kill the moon! Oh, this one! Kill the moon! Series 8, episode 7, Kill the Moon. I don't know why, but I feel like I have memories of when we saw this on, like, a next time on or something. People were being like, holy fuck, it's Kill the Moon. We love this <laughs> one. Uh, do we see Series 8, episode 6? Let's see. I know stuff about this episode. I'm- oh, yeah, that's yeah. the next time on from Caretaker. the Caretaker, I, yeah. I we like the Caretaker. Yeah. I know. I'm so excited for I this. know things about this episode, and I like Jordan. Do you not know? No. I okay. Don't know. Okay. I never see. I stopped watching after this part. I mean, okay. No, I think. Yep. Well, I look forward we'll to you going, going in blind because. Oh yeah! Wow, I'm excited. That'll be fun. Yeah, you're I'll gonna leave, have a great uh, time. And I'm, I'm probably, not, I'm probably well. I'm, normally, I look it up on Wikipedia yeah. to see general reception, but I'll hold yeah, off hold, this time. Hold our off, our hold listeners seem to give us. <laughs> our listeners always seem to give us uh, plenty of uh, like, oh boy, ooh, uh, you know what? Okay, so I'm just placing where we're at in the timeline. So this is series eight. So it's the first uh, Capaldi series. Uh, we're right Clara. after the caretaker. So Clara is having tension with Danny Pink over whether or not she continues to go on adventures. And uh, the caretaker, I believe, is our first time seeing Missy, who is God. Oh, yeah. Missy was God in heaven. I forgot about that. Yeah, and a police officer died, and Missy said, you'll go to heaven for being a police officer. And then didn't a robot die, and she was like, you'll go to hell for being a robot. I don't remember that part, but sure. Pretty sure it happens. Um, Okay, well, let's wrap this up so I can go eat dinner and go to work. Um, Sam? Where can you find our episodes? Uh, you can... I, ooh, I'm, I'm so thrown off. I don't know why. I, we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash pottingbros, where $1 a month gets you a mildly special Discord role marking you as a friend of the show. You get all of our bonus content. We have got our episode on the Fifth Doctor serial Terminus, parts one and two up. Uh, we are hopefully going to be finding an opportunity to record our next episode very soon. Hopefully. $5 gets you a pretty special Discord room marking you as a companion of the show. You get a shout-out in the podcast, and we will read a message from you in one of our funny voices. We haven't gotten any lately, so if you want to make us say any dumb shit, just saying. $10 gets you all that, plus an incredibly special Discord room marking you as an honorary member of House Me Sousa. You get all that stuff, plus you can listen to the podcast live while we record it currently on Sunday... Late afternoons, I guess. Because that's the only time that really works for us at all. Or early evening Eastern time. Yeah. Once, True. I once, forgot there's other time zones. Yeah. Once and also we'll clap, have a we'll clap for you. Uh, so thank you to our 5 and $10 subscribers. You're welcome. Cassidy, Faustian Bargain Bin, Helga K, JCH, Roy, Stephanie Bowling, Stephanie Karen, Violet Magician, and House Me Souza, Destry Hawk, H. Cave, Sauceworks, hi, and Vertigree. Woo! Is it weird to be clapped for while you're here? Is it weird that I clap I must myself? feel so powerful. Yes, no. <laughs> you have the right to do that. No, but as a member of House Me Sousa. Of course, no. Um, Genuinely, um, thank you so much for having me on. 
I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was fun. I, where where can people find you? Uh, Source.works. That's where my stuff is. That I don't really do much things. I I just like I I exist on the internet. Like there's various places you can find me. But yeah, Source.works. You'll find links there. Um, Our Discord server, which you can join. The link to join is at the bottom of any episode. Mm-hmm. You must and be I 18, think it works. You must be 18 years or older to join, please. Every once in a while, someone will message me and say that that link doesn't work, which is very confusing because I only change it to fix it when someone <laughs> says it doesn't work. So I don't know. Oh, Discord is a very functional company that like does yeah, things. Oh, that's great. what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can find me on... You can find our Tumblr at uh, .com, uh which we have a we have an ask by the way, Sam. Oh, uh, it's from friend of the show, Robo Sucker. Yeah, Robo Sucker, who I think is Chai. <laughs> yes, that is yeah. Chai. Uh, it says each doctor has their own unique and iconic look, except for spoilers. The only thing they share is a certain gravitas, but each one looks like one of the doctor's outfits. For each of you, can you think of another character who you think dresses like the doctor? This sucks because I I had something in my head for this one time. I was like, this character reminds me so much of the Doctor, and I can't remember for the life of me who the fuck it was. I'm hmm. dying. I mean, I mean, uh, I hate to say it, but Sherlock from Sherlock is kind of uh, like that. Nardwar. Who? Who? That like interviewer guy. I don't really know anything about him. He just looks like the Doctor. Uh, <laughs> no, like Sherlock has like a stupid look, and he wears like a big like pea coat and a big scarf every episode, and that's what I was here. Thinking. I'll send you a picture of Nardwar. Nardwar. There's this guy um, from a, a comedy series called The Thick of It. This old, this like Scottish dude, this middle-aged Scottish dude. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And he really looks like mm, definitely. he would play the Doctor. Mm. You're posting it in here. That dude does look like the Doctor. <laughs> Noddy Holder. Oh yeah, yeah. Also Philomena Kunk. <laughs> <laughs> that person like fucking broke my brain because now every time I watch Kunk on Earth, I'm like, she could play the Doctor. She should play she the will. Diane. Diane Morgan will play the Doctor, but in character. Oh, I know what Philomena I was thinking Kong. of. I was thinking of Bridget Christie on Taskmaster. Yes, um, her outfit. Yes. I could see us yes. as as a uh, as a Doctor. A hundred percent. That'd be fun. Yes, and she would walk like that too. She'd do a weird. <laughs> okay, okay. That's our Taskmaster reference for the week. I remembered. I'm so glad. Yeah, um, you, you, we, we're all, we're all out of sorts here, but, uh, I'm on co-host at Positive Stress. You can listen to my other podcast, Sounds About Light, where we're on break right now, but we'll be coming back pretty soon with, uh, Kingdom Hearts, Birth by Sleep 0.2, A Fragmentary Passage, and then Kingdom Hearts 3. Man, you're um, really getting through it. That's it for this week. Um, Sam, I believe last time we had a guest on, uh, we made them oh, we read the doctor's <laughs> prayer. Right. So, uh, Sauce, I'm afraid it's now your uh, solemn duty <sighs> to uh, read the doctor's prayer for us. What do you mean read? Or if you just have what your, you, what do you mean read? Or if you just know it, or if you have it in your head, or if you want to add anything, you're welcome to do that as well. May your life flow like a river. May your days smell sweet as a rose. May your nights be calm and still as a pond. May you be as lucky as an ace in a game of Black Jack Harkness. Harkness. And may the Doctor light your path through time. And may Excelsior a help. really weird, creepy, crooked man find his crooked woman who's definitely a woman. But heterosexual, crooked love. Amen. <laughs> Excelsior! Dr. <laughs> Dr. Bye! Dr. Bye. Dr. Bye. <laughs>